Welcome to the CGW Industry Insider Podcast Series. I'm Kendra Ruzak, the Managing Editor of CGW Magazine. I'm very excited to be kicking off our new Visual Effects Master Series with two very special guests from AMD, James Knight and Andy Parma. Welcome to the podcast, James. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having us. Can you tell us a little bit about your title and role with AMD? Uh, well, for myself, I am Global Media and Entertainment Director at AMD, and that involves visual effects and virtual production as well. And I've been in the uh, been at AMD for about seven years, um, and in uh, film and post production, uh, etc., for about twenty two or so. Excellent, and welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm AMD's director of MNC Workstation Processor Business. So what that really means is I work with Dell, HP, and Lenovo. Uh, for building workstations based on AMD's Threadripper Pro, uh, Ryzen Pro Desktop, and Ryzen Pro Mobile Processors. So there's a you know an ecosystem of uh, desktop workstations based on the the Ryzen Pro processors and the Threadripper Pro processors, as well as a number of uh, mobile workstations that use our Ryzen Pro processors. Excellent. Uh, so James, can you tell us a little bit more about your professional background and what led you to AMD? Um, well, what led me to AMD, um, I've been in the virtual production community, um, I guess, when I first moved to LA back in 2006 or so. Um, and I got introduced to AMD in 2015. Um, and then we were, I knew we were redoing our, the architecture of our CPUs. So around 2017 is when it really kicked into high gear. Um, and they wanted me to lead their media and entertainment efforts in as far as post-production and visual effects goes. Um, so, and I've worked on films and games. Um, I'm, you know, involved in the Visual Effects Society, been a member of, of that for a while, and BAFTA and, and uh, AMPAS, the, um, the Academy. Um, and so professionally, I'm, I'm very much uh, still involved in film and content creation. And and so I suppose in in a way I'm I'm one of them, but I but I also speak AMDEs, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, so so I feel like uh, it, it's a it's a great bridge, and and uh, and I think what AMD is bringing to media and entertainment, I understand what it means, and I understand the plight of filmmakers and visual effects artists. So um, I think like my background uh, really helps in um, in my role. But Andy's got the coolest job because he's the one who get who's in charge of uh, Threadripper and uh, and Ryzen and a lot of our CPUs. So when we come up with something new, he's the one that gets the phone call. Hey man, can you can you hook me up with with a Ryzen? Can you hook me up with a Threadripper? Um, but that's a bit about me. Oh great! So Andy, let's jump over to you and hear a little bit about your professional background and your path to AMD. Sure. So I've been in the tech business for about 25 years at this point, and I really started getting uh, involved in the workstation business back in 20, uh, uh, 2015 when I actually was working for Intel. I was working in Intel's uh, workstation business at that point in time. And then in 2019, I uh, transitioned into the current role that I've got leading uh, the MNC workstation business. So again, you know, relying on prior engineering experiences that I had and other experiences in the semiconductor industry and bringing all those insights uh, into what we're doing with, uh, with with Threadripper Pro and Ryzen Pro for the last three years or so. Top visual effects studios are relying on AMD's technology to complete a vast array of projects and content across the globe. 
What led to AMD becoming a leader in this industry? Um, I, I think one of the things that when people think innovation, they think mainly just technology. And uh, it's not. It's innovation and a conversation. It's a technology and a conversation. So it's relationships. It's a feedback loop. So if I'm honest, what led to it, the beginning was us having um, a, a really good piece of technology in, in our compute, in re-architecturing our CPUs um, back in uh, 2016, 2017. But what really helped was uh, what led us was a combination of the technology being great and our, our relationships, you know, people that Andy knew, people that I knew, um, uh, from from previous lives, um, I, I think that really uh, that really helped. And then having that consistent feedback loop with the major studios, artists, directors, um, that kind of thing has has really um, led us to become the leaders in uh, in, in compute uh, when it comes to visual effects and production and and, and post production. From my mind, I, I don't, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, my experience is really similar. So it was about five years ago that from a technology standpoint, AMD came out with the first Ryzen processors. And that really set a new bar for product performance. And so that got the attention of a lot of people within, um, within the media and entertainment industry. But we've paired that with uh, something that's really unique to AMD is that we've got a lot of people inside the company that have experience within uh, the media, entertainment, and visual effects industry, right? You know, James kind of talked about his his background. Uh, we've got other people within the company that have similar backgrounds that have been working in uh, the industry in Hollywood and in other, you know, hot spots for the entertainment industry that can really, you know, not just talk about what's unique about AMD's technologies and products, um, but talk to our customers and partners about how that technology can benefit them in a way that, that makes sense to them, right? Where we're not talking about you know, gigahertz and, and nanometers and the things that we live and breathe every day at AMD, but the ways that our technology can really benefit people that are in the industry. Excellent. Could you dive more into the Ryzen Threadripper line and tell us about how these processors are ideal for visual effects work? Yeah, so the most recent member of the Threadripper Pro line, uh, we call it the Threadripper Pro 5000 series. Uh, we introduced it earlier this year. And the thing that is really unique about uh, Threadripper Pro is not just it's got our high performance cores uh, that we call the Zen architecture of cores, uh, but we scale up to the highest core count in the industry. So with up to 64 of these Zen cores in a single processor, um, our customers can do things that, that they haven't been able to do before. And what we've seen over the last you know, two or three years, these new uh, workflows and usage models have just really accelerated during the pandemic, the way that people have been creating film and entertainment. Um, a lot of these trends were already happening, but they really accelerated as all of a sudden, um, instead of, you know, working remotely became an, a nice concept, it became, you know, something that was absolutely mandatory. And so things like virtual production and things like using uh, technologies like ILM stagecraft technology that they used to make the Mandalorian uh, these these technology trends were happening, but again, over the last three years or so, they've really accelerated it, and all these new usage models really take advantage of the high core count and high performance of Threadripper Pro. I, I, I do I agree with Andy. The uh, the unintended consequence of of uh, of the pandemic kicked in working from home, 
uh, into high gear and also virtual production into high gear, you know, limiting the amount of people on a on a stage and and making something look more fantastical than it than it would have been necessarily beforehand. But you've got a, a large amount of compute, a small footprint with a smaller uh, crew. And, and I think uh, a large amount of compute and a small footprint is is definitely something we got really, uh, really good at. And then um, we had uh, many visual effects artists, professionals, even some directors finish uh, some films at home um, with uh, Threadripper Pro under their dining room table, like 64 cores in one systems, pretty insane. Um, so, so I knew that it had it had an effect uh, from that perspective as well. It's it's given artists sort of a mini render farm under their desks. Wow. And to add to that, um, how does AMD give artists more time with their art? Um, well, just that. I mean, it, with with more cores and threads, you have more chance to to iterate to revise your art of course it's an expanding sandbox it's it's give and take because the minute we come out with a you know 64 core thread ripper pro uh then um a few weeks later someone goes i know what i'll do with even more cores so it's it, it's give and take but uh, but i think overwhelmingly it's um it's working with the with what we call the ISVs, independent software vendors, the you know the Adobe's and the Autodesk's of the world, and and Epic Games of the world, where where we are optimizing for more cores and threads, um, and so artists can uh, share assets much easier between applications if you have a lot a large amount of uh, of compute in, in in a small footprint i think i think that really helps too is is you can you can make a lot more decisions in a, in a small period of time excellent and andy um from your perspective how does amd's technology especially threadripper allow artists to spend more time on creative pursuits yeah i mean so the the thing that's easy to quantify with, with numbers is, is rendering, right? There's a lot of uh, key software that, that artists use where we're rendering as a key aspect of that. And, you know, as James and I go talk to customers routinely, uh, we see customers that say, you know, when I used my first Threadripper Pro, it cut my render time in half compared to the system that I had been using. Um, but the thing that's less, you know, quantifiable with, with numbers or benchmarks that really, um, does have a big impact on Threadripper Pro is that as people work through their production workflow, they use, you know, Boris FX, they use Adobe After Effects, other software in their workflow, the ability to just go from one application to the next to the next and keep all those open uh, is something you just can't do with a lower performance processor. And, and a lot of times when, when we talk to artists that are, you know, evaluating Threadripper Pro for the first time, they don't even realize what they did. And, and we, we kind of have to sit back and say, so, you know, what you did is you just, you'd open this application and you used it. As soon as it finished, you open this next one, you open this next one. Is that something you usually do? And they, they think about it, they go, well, no, what I used to have to do with my old processor was, you know, finish one application, shut it all down, open the new one, reload everything. So just that ability to stay in the creative flow is something really unique that Threadripper Pro offers to artists. Wow. Um, I'd love to dive more into remote workflows since they become such an essential part of visual effects pipelines. Um, can you tell us more about how AMD's technology is ideal for visual effects artists who are working remotely? Yeah, sure. Um, we've been working with, I'd say, <laughs> many of the 
there's some things you can and cannot say. But um, we've been working with many of uh, most of the, the big studios, I would say, um, and a lot of the cloud service providers um, and working with them with our Epic CPUs, EPYC, um, that's our, the name of our service CPUs. So if you if you have one of those or Threadripper in the data center, typically what makes them ideal for VFX artists is um, efficiency. In as far as um, in you can have up to 128 cores in, in one single system, um, Epic CPUs, um, and a lot of visual effects companies post-production companies want to split up the artists and, and give them 16 cores per artist which is easy to do on a 164 core cpu so you could put four artists on on one system that's ideal and then let's say you have a vfx supervisor or a senior artist that that wants all 64 cores um remote um we we have you know we have our server cpus and Threadripper in the data center all over the in data centers all over the world. So they seem to be uh, very useful for visual effects artists remote. Um, so they can, like Andy was saying earlier, keep um, applications open, share assets between those between those. Um, and I referenced earlier too, constant iteration, even on the cloud, you're just you're just bound by your Internet. Um, your, your internet band speed as far as uh, any latency goes. But um, I, I think from that perspective, they are very beneficial for VFX artists working remotely. And also from the graphics perspective, whether you're using NVIDIA GPUs or AMD GPUs, you can go denser with our with our uh, server CPUs um, than, than you could with any other CPU, i.e. you can you can have more GPUs attached to one CPU than, than any other CPU. Great. And Andy, what have you seen from your perspective in terms of remote workflows? Yeah, so one of the things that we've really seen is that with the, the combination of Threadripper Pro and Epic Technologies, um, we really allow our customers to work the way that they want to work. So some, you know, some customers will uh, stay on a, a high-performance laptop and remote in uh, to a Threadripper Pro-based workstations. Uh, so they get, you know, the performance of a Threadripper Pro, but the portability of a, of a laptop. Others will want to have, you know, the, the Threadripper Pro-based workstation under their desk and, and have that working locally. Uh, others will want to put uh, a Threadripper Pro workstation actually in the data center. We call that a, a rack workstation. So you got Threadripper Pro running workstation workflows, but it's actually located in the data center or some customers will use uh, the, the Epic server processors that, that James works with. So, you know, no matter how customers want to access their, their pipeline, we really believe that uh, it works best on, on AMD. And that's why, you know, James and I are talking together uh, today. And, and when we go to talk, to talk to customers, we tell the Epic and the Threadripper Pro story together because really it doesn't matter where you put your workflow, whether you want to do it on a, a traditional desktop workstation, you know, workstation in, in Iraq, an Epic server, wherever you put your, your M&E uh, workflow, uh, you're going to get the best performance on AMD. Excellent. Um, next, I'd love to talk about virtual production and how AMD's technology is taking virtual production to new heights. Well, uh, that one is a, is a good, definitely not a monosyllabic answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we started working with virtual production 
um, in this chapter of virtual production with uh, what was at the time uh, Fox Visual Effects Labs with with Glenn Derry and, and Raya Fisher, um, Ryan Vegan and, uh, and and a few other guys down there They uh, that was kind of born out of the film Avatar um, became Fox Visual Effects Labs. And they realized that right out of the box at that time, first generation Threadripper, right out of the box was 15 to 20 percent faster at light baking than anything else they had seen before. So they that entire facility ended up being um, uh, pretty much uh, entire facility ended up being all AMD CPUs and they had some epic uh, epic uh, CPUs in the in the data center there for for photogrammetry um, when they would they would LIDAR scan in complex uh, geometry from um, in environments outside and then and then stitch together the the uh, high resolution photography and match it to that to that geometry. So then and it kind of scaled from there. There was a couple of other instances of, of a similar bit of business we did with various different studios and it kind of bled. Um, and so a virtual production was our main injection point into modern uh, filmmaking, into into where we are today. And now we've bled into you know rendering and delivering content and and more into previs as well. So it's disseminated out from virtual production. But from the from the bird's eye view, the reason why we genuinely are it's not it's not just marketing. Anybody who who's building new LED walls or virtual production stages around the world is is buying AMD CPUs to, to power the system. It's it's simply light baking or scene building and setup. So if a director comes in and says, I want the sun over here instead of over here, or this tree needs to go here, you, you still have to kind of render that um, to be able to shoot on it um, with the way that some of the engines are set up. And so it just seems that there's minimal setup times and they're able to to spit out to render sequences a ton faster with, with our CPUs. Excellent. Oh, oh, and, and go dense as well. So a lot of, sorry, pardon me, a lot of the, the visual effects companies that are building these walls, whether they be uh, an independent studio or, or a visual effects company, they want to go dense. They want, we want to have more NVIDIA GPUs or more AMD GPUs powering these walls. Well, we have high frequency epic parts 128 lanes on one cpu or if you combine two it's 160 lanes so you can you can you can um put a lot of gpus inside of one system to to aid powering those those led walls wow andy do you have anything to add to that from your perspective um no i mean the thing that that i've seen as uh james and i have gone out to visit visit customers is that you know, these virtual production sets, they're now going up all over the world, right? They're in Hollywood, they're in Vancouver, they're in Toronto, you know, all across Europe, all across uh, Asia Pacific. And all of these are, um, you know, new build outs of, uh, of technology that are powered by an immense number of, uh, uh, of Epic based servers and, uh, and Threadripper Pro based, uh, based workstations. And so again, uh, I think we're even though we're you know maybe three to four years in, into the uh, the virtual production journey, uh, there, there's a long way to go still as as more and more of these stages continue to get built and and um, as artists think of new ways to use this technology, I know that, that that's what's going to happen right as we put this technology in the hands of more and more creative people, they're going to think of new innovative ways to use it that you know three four years ago when we started this virtual production journey, nobody had even thought of. So the next next few years are still ripe for innovation and in how virtual production gets used. 
That's so exciting. Um, are either of you able to share any examples of visual effects studios who use AMD's technology for groundbreaking projects? Yeah, um, Andy and I have a few. Um, actually, one of the launch uh, quotes and uh, one of the partners that we got to, we we eval, we call it, we evaled them. Um, we got them early samples of, of this current generation of Threadripper Pro 5000 was Industrial Light and Magic. We actually got a quote from Nick, uh, one of the principals in, in their uh, Stagecraft crew. Uh, had a quote, and then uh, also the visual effects supervisor of Dune. Uh, the, our our technology was used used a lot on that film. So we we've been public about that. We we uh, at the beginning of 2021, we had the CTO of 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 Industrial Light and Magic on with our CEO. So obviously, you know, someone can interpolate out from that 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 we continue to innovate with the with the major studios. Um, and there's there's more coming, um, but we we do tend to work with with uh, I believe all of the visual effects uh, Vex studios and and the, and the artists. Well, before we wrap this up, where's AMD headed in the future? Andy knows everything. <laughs> um, I know a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, so so one of the things that we just uh, announced is the new uh, AMD Ryzen seven thousand series. So this is the first. Uh, product using AMD's new Zen 4 cores. Uh, and so it delivers up to 62% higher performance than competitive solutions for uh, creative applications. And so again, that was just uh, announced. It'll be coming to market here. Uh, very soon you'll be able to buy it uh, this fall. And then I know James has got some uh, upcoming uh, uh, product announcements that we've talked about some in, in the uh, the Epic product line. Yeah, yeah, there's some, there's uh Someone can, if you if you go looking, you can interpolate that uh, that that we have some releases at the end of the year. So yeah, I think uh, you can see that it's public record. Uh, we have uh, next generation uh, Zen four coming to the data center, much in the same way that the like similar to the ones uh, Andy mentioned. So uh, you can see that for yourself towards the end of the year. Um, but I th AMD is not a company that's complacent. So I think it's safe to say that we're going to continue to noodle away and always be innovating, listening to the content creators, the producers, the artists, even the people who are managing the bottom line on a film. They obviously always want better, faster, less expensive. So AMD is always trying to balance all three and, and get filmmakers what they want to make their plight a little less painful. Uh, so so uh, yeah, there's there's some stuff coming towards the end of the year that, that people are, uh, are genuinely going to be um, excited about. We found that in visual effects, no one's in it just because it's a job, right? They're, they're really enthusiastic about technology. So what's really cool is when we have new releases, um we show up at a visual effects house people are genuinely excited to see us which is kind of a cool thing to uh, to experience so where are we headed in the future it's uh that way up uh, excellent thank you both so much for being here today it was so wonderful to hear about how amd is influencing the visual effects industry and i'm so excited to see where things go from here so thank you again thanks for having me